The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. This is Dr. Michael Drake, Chancellor of the University of California, Irvine. And you're listening to Countdown UCI with Dmitry Konitsky on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming online at KUCI.org. Welcome to KUCI. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming online at KUCI.org. I'm your host, Dmitry Konitsky, and this is Countdown UCI, the show where I talk about UCI news and guests. And today I have several phenomenal guests. And one of them is, uh, in the first half of the show, Dana Rood, the head of IT technology for the University of California, Irvine. And he's in the studio talking to me about... Um, the challenges of running an IT infrastructure for a community of between 30 and 40,000 students, faculty, and staff, and uh, the new e-tech fee that is, going, uh, that is going into effect this quarter, which is uh, going to be $20 a unit. Is that actually, no, that's, that's wrong, $5 a unit. $60 a quarter is what I know. That's so, it, four, $4 a unit. $4 a unit, I'm sorry about that, $4 a unit, and um, up to a maximum of $60 a quarter and $180 a year. And that's going, to, uh, that's going to support the IT infrastructure and make improvements and keep us at the level where we were uh, before or better. And uh, uh, Associate Vice Chancellor Rood, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, it's good to be here. So let's talk about, first of all, what your job is on campus and uh, how you go to support these thirty to 40,000 um, members of the campus community in the IT infrastructure and what you do on a daily basis to do that. Okay, well, so I'm, I'm the, uh, in charge of a department called the Office of Information Technology, o OIT, and uh, this was a unit that was uh, created in 2009 based on uh, several uh, pre-existing uh, units uh, uh, through, the, through Provost Gofferson's uh, IT Consolidation Initiative. Um, OIT, so, therefore, has a, a very uh, broad role in supporting technology of all shapes and sizes at UCI, um, uh, not just educational technology, but uh, the infrastructure that the campus depends on to operate. Um, in fact, um, uh, I, I talk about a couple of, of key examples of what OIT does. Um, first of all, we maintain the campus network, and when you uh, flip on your uh, laptop or you um, check out your smartphone uh, uh, through the wonderful uh, notion of wireless. Uh, people don't always realize how many wires are required to make that wireless network uh, mm -hmm. actually available to you. Um, so we have a, uh, a uh, network based on a, a 10 gigabit per second fault tolerant uh, mesh core of four routers. 
Um, there are actually uh, 37,000 active network jacks on campus. So these are these are the wired jacks that are in uh, research labs and offices and structural computing labs uh, throughout the campus, all, all walks. Um, these 37,000 connections are uh, fueled by 1,600 network devices that are distributed in uh, 500 equipment closets across the campus. Um, and these are uh, across the campus's 176 buildings. So just, just the, uh, the hardware itself is quite extensive to run the, 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 what most people take for granted, the, the campus network. There's also about 1,200 uh, other devices known as access points, and that's what the wireless networking is, um, is made available through. Um, we currently have 180,000 registered devices to use that wireless network, so uh, it's a very, uh, very active, uh, very important uh, service to the campus. Um, there are uh, layers of services on top of the network that we run. We also run the campus telephone system, by the way, and coordinate, uh, excuse me, um, the placement of uh, commercial cell sites so that mm -hmm. uh, students and faculty and staff have good cell coverage, which is a constant, uh, constant uh, ongoing challenge to make sure there's enough uh, service. Mm -hmm. So before you go on, um, let's talk about how you got to UC Irvine and your previous education and uh, how you became uh, the head of OIT here. Uh, sure. So I, um, I actually am an anteater myself. I graduated from UCI in 1977, way, way back before the beginning of time for, for many of your listeners, I'm, I'm sure. Um, just seemed like yesterday to me. Um, I really enjoyed my undergraduate days in computer science, uh, especially the project work we got to do. Got to work on a lot of fun uh, projects. I also was a, a student employee of something that was called the Physics Computer Development Project, PCDP, which was a big deal at the time. And uh, there I got to help develop computer-aided instruction software. Uh, I don't think we even see the term CAI too much anymore, but that's what it was called back then. Uh, I had the privilege of working with a, with a team of uh, very talented undergraduates under the direction of Professor Alfred Bork. So this is my uh, first exposure to educational technology, and uh, it's been an interest of mine ever since. Spent a little bit of time in industry, came back to work at uh, UCI in 1978, went to work for what was called the, the computing facility. Back then, uh, that was the complete source of computing on campus. We had a grand total of three computers at UCI. <laughs> So it's been very interesting to see how uh, grown slightly. how that's contrasted tens of thousands of computers now. Uh, probably any one of these three computers that we had would uh, would be uh, totally overshadowed by the power in an iPhone uh, today. So and, and memory as well, of course. Um, I got to do a lot of interesting things back then. Uh, when I uh, first was at the computing facility, I uh, got to write applications for the UCI libraries. Uh, make uh, modifications to operating systems. I built a text editor as a, a programmer and uh, got to be involved bringing the first uh, Unix system on campus. So um, I've had uh, a range of jobs here at, at UCI as the computing has involved. So I've evolved with computing. And um, I um, was formerly uh, in charge of the department called NACS. Network and Academic Computing Services. That was the central organization that focused on research and um, instructional services as well as running the network. And in uh, 2009, when um, the IT consolidation started, NACS became a part of OIT along with Administrative Computing Services 
and uh, which was the other large central IT organization at the time, along with uh, a host of other units. In fact, there's a um, total of 18. The staff in OIT are formerly from 18 different campus units. Mm -hmm. So you've talked about the, the, the size and the scope of, uh, of OIT and its, and its function on campus. How large of a workforce is required to, to keep that kind of infrastructure going? And, and how large of a budget is required on a yearly basis to maintain that infrastructure? So we, we have about 240 staff mm -hmm. currently in, in OIT, and um, they're um, situated all over campus. We have a couple of central locations where, where, they, um, where, where we have the lion's share of the staff, but we also have staff co-located with the units they support. Um, so we have, we have people that range from uh, the folks that support the infrastructure, the, the network I mentioned earlier, as well as the campus data center where we have uh, about 3,000 square feet worth of uh, space where we keep, uh, uh, we support research computing services, our email services, all, all the, you know, Triple E, everything central lives in that data center. Um, so it's like the server room of the, of the whole campus. Right. It's, uh, there's actually multiple server rooms. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the largest, most, uh, has the most amount of things in it, if you will. Where is that? I've always been curious. This 3,000 square feet uh, Ser uh, server center? Um, it's, uh, it's in the Injury Gateway building. Mm -hmm. um, and um, let's see. So uh, the, the infrastructure also requires, in addition to network engineers, network technicians, uh, quite a few programmer analysts that uh, serve as system administrators and keeping all the systems running. We have to uh, constantly monitor the systems to make sure they're uh, operating correctly, look at security logs to uh, detect uh, uh, unauthorized access to computers. Security is a big issue, by the way. Mm -hmm. Just to give you an example, uh, the campus firewall, which protects the campus from uh, network attacks, um, blocks about 800,000 unsolicited probes per hour wow. on average. So the Internet is not a not a friendly place for the uh, the unprotected computer. <laughs> so, and how much of a budget is required per year to keep these uh, over 200 workers uh, on on uh, a steady salary and and uh, have them be able to buy equipment to upgrade uh, routers and servers and, uh, on, and hardware? On, uh, approximately 30 million dollars. Mm -hmm. And and ultimately, you're the person that's in charge of uh, of. Uh, budgeting that money and uh, and keeping OIT running with that budget. I am, except I have to say I have lots of uh, very important help in that regard uh, with our business office and all the different uh, the management team in OIT that that keeps everything straight. So it's it's uh, by no means a uh, one person operation. Uh, what would you say is the, the weakest points of our um, IT infrastructure as far as maybe Wi-Fi security or whatever it is you can name that, that if, uh, if you could work to improve something, some area of, of, uh, of information technology on campus, what would that be? Well, I don't know that I can tell you what the single biggest concern is, but I can tell you what, what um, a couple of categories of concerns are. First of all, mm -hmm. security is a, is a never-ending battle. The, the, the bad guys on the outside are always up to something new. Um, there are a lot of uh, malware uh, attacks that go on. Uh, we have a team of uh, 
six or seven people dedicated to security, but really security is part of everybody's job in, in OIT, so it's, it's a big deal. We're doing a lot to protect the campus. I'm sure there's more we, we could be doing, and we, we, we strive to do, do more there, too, within the limits of the budget. Uh, the other thing is that um, pe people may not realize, you know, with, with, with such a, um, wonderful services out in the world like Google and Amazon.com and, and uh, that are just always there when you need them, 24 hours a day. You can get to them from your phone, get to them from your laptop. Uh, they always seem to be there. Um, people don't realize how much infrastructure goes into making those services 24-7. Mm -hmm. So we have services at UCI that are um, uh, similarly important to, the, to UCI, or more important, in fact, uh, to, uh, as, as things like Google and Amazon.com where um, we, we need to, uh, it's a constant challenge to keep them configured and equipped properly so that they have the kind of robustness that everybody has come to expect. Mm -hmm. um, and so that general um, challenge applies through, um, throughout uh, all the IT services on campus. Um, you also have a constant challenge in uh, technology uh, getting old. Um, uh, some of it is... Uh, uh, you know, it becomes so reliable and people take it for granted that, that it's not obvious. But, for example, the campus phone system, which, which uh, agreeably uh, is, is less of a – people use wireless phones a lot now as well, but um, there's still a, a major role that the wired can, telephone system plays. That is now uh, ongoing 30 years old. It's been mm -hmm. inc incredibly reliable, and we take it for granted, but we need to replace it. So being able to, to gather up the staff time and, and financial resources to do so is a challenge. We also have that in, in regard to a number of administrative applications that we've had for a long time, such as our financial systems and uh, student information systems. And, and by the way, none, none, none of the stuff that I've talked about thus far comes under the category of educational technology. We haven't gotten to that at all. Um, these are just things that the campus needs to operate. What does educational technology mean on, on campus under OIT? So educational technology, uh, we think of as the, the technology that, the, that students come in direct, student instructors come in direct contact with in carrying out their uh, educational uh, and instructional goals. So the, uh, the, the uh, obvious examples of that are, uh, are, are EEE, the uh, educational, electronic educational environment uh, tool set. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's far more than a website. It's a fully blown uh, set of tools that uh, instructors and uh, students depend on to, to do in, in their education. Uh, it's it also, absolutely wonderful, by the way. I, I love Triple E and the services it kind of it, it lets me have. I, I had a group project the other day, and I used uh, not only a Dropbox service of, of, of Triple E, which any student can set up, but also a poll where I... Um, we were supposed to decide what what topic we were going to do a project on, and I and I set up a poll, and I could set up um, um, put, uh, put UCI Net IDs in there, and and students could actually log in and take the poll that I created. It's a wonderful service. It is. Um, it's it's something that uh, is unique to UCI. In fact, uh, we we uh, we we went in, down this road of having a learning management system well before it was available in, in the commercial sector or, mm -hmm. or in, even in the, in the open source sector. So we've triply started in 1995, and it's been grown incrementally over the years uh, with, with very uh, substantial participation from faculty. 
uh, to guide it toward exactly what and 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 students of course uh, exactly what this campus needs. So it's it's a very unique thing. Some people may may look at it and say, "Wow, that's a nice website. Mm-hmm. I, I build one of those at home in my uh, in my bedroom or what have you." But actually, Triple E is uh, seven hundred thousand lines of code that we <laughs> must maintain and uh, and support. And by the way, when something is as popular as Triple E, it it's also a very popular source for enhancement suggestions and, mm-hmm. and, and requests, which we have a number of pending. But this, this system also um, requires, uh, um, let's see, seven, it's, it runs on 70 virtual servers. Mm-hmm. So uh, 70 computers, actually uh, 17 physical secure servers. So there's a substantial hardware infrastructure behind the system as well. Was, was Triple E designed from scratch? I, I've wondered before whether it's possible to collaborate with some of the other UCs and maybe borrow or give or buy some technology that, that other UCs have already spent the money developing and adapted for a similar university with a similar structure. Is that ever possible? Well, it, it is um, uh, in, in some regards. Uh, Triple E uh, predates anything any of the other UC campuses have, as far mm-hmm. as I'm aware. So it, when we started, it was, I think your question was, did, did we design it from scratch? The answer is absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. As this evolved, we've, we've tracked developments in the industry and technology so that it's been uh, evolved along lines to uh, uh, take advantage of techniques that have been identified elsewhere. The, the, uh, in, in parallel to Triple E being developed, there's been a number of open source uh, learning management systems developed, such as Sakai and Moodle, and um, they uh, offer some really interesting t- uh, uh, functionality. The, the, the thing is that um, to, to make something like Triple E available to the community adds to the workload here, and we've just never uh, gone down that route. And now it wouldn't make a lot of sense to because things mm-hmm. like Moodle and Sakai are already, mm-hmm. and actually there's two or three other alternatives beyond Moodle and Sakai. They're catching on, and, and it, it just would not be worth it. In fact, over time, we have to, uh, one of the things the Triple E team has to do is figure out how it evolves to take advantage of, of some of this open source, uh, more of this open source technology that's becoming mm-hmm. available. So we were talking about educational technology, and let's get back to the um, to, to specifically the in-classroom technology, such as the, the podiums, and um, because it's, it's something that students also interact with, especially when they, uh, if they ever rent out a classroom to have um, a club event in, and uh, many students are quite upset that they have to pay up to $30 an hour to, say, use a projector and um, there's been uh, there's been some talk that that uh, that system the in-classroom uh, podium systems are actually outsourced to a private outside company is that true no it's it's well there, there are there's an outside company involved in helping to maintain it mm-hmm. um, but but the grand majority of the work is done by UCI staff mm-hmm. so um, very few of the actual work is, is outsourced to, to I believe it's digital networks is the, is the company that we use um, but the, um, the, the, the classrooms, we have probably about a, a little under $2 million worth of equipment in our classrooms, 133 classrooms on campus, so it's quite substantial technology there. Clearly very important to instruction to have projectors and documents. Are there only 133 classrooms that, that OIT maintains technology in? Yes. Hmm. I would have imagined it would be much more, but... There, there are additional classrooms on campus that are... Uh, um, 
dedicated to particular schools. Mm -hmm. So this, these are the general assignment classrooms where, where probably the bulk of classes are taught, but mm -hmm. not all. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you also have uh, laboratories and other special purpose rooms that schools maintain for, uh, for classes that they teach. So mm -hmm. it's not the whole picture in terms mm -hmm. of where people are taught. So, we'll, so let's uh, actually transition to the talk about the, the new e-tech fee because um, let me ask you, with, with the decreasing uh, budget and the budget cuts to uh, UCI as a university, how have those affected OIT? And because I'm guessing that that has a direct relation to the need for having this this e uh, this e fee. Oh, absolutely. Um, we we've built what we have on uh, on campus funds uh, a little bit at a time over a long period of time. But what's happened in in recent years with the uh, the state uh, funding decline is that we haven't had any money to refresh equipment and. Um, and also we've had problems, we, we've lost some staff and whatnot, so it's become increasingly difficult to maintain what we have. Uh, because we're enacting the fee, uh, we, we've caught it in time to avoid a huge decline, but we have, uh, for example, some, uh, some uh, equipment in, in instructional computing labs that are seven years old, and it's, just, it's no longer uh, practical to teach with it. So we need to replace that equipment um, and... Um, if we had if we hadn't uh, implemented the fee, we'd be in a very bad situation this year in terms of we'd have to uh, let go of staff that we need to um, to maintain these services and also in our ability to replace um, equipment that is well past its prime. I don't know if you've ever been in a classroom where there's a strange blue tint to all of the uh, images on the screen. That's mm -hmm. one of the things that happens to a projector when it's no right. longer uh, functioning. Mm -hmm. So you've said uh, without the fee, OIT would have to get would have to let go of staff that's that's in charge of maintaining some of these systems. Uh, I've heard that the e-tech fee at the same time can't be used for staff salaries. Is that true? That's not true. So it, it can and will be used for staff Absolutely. salaries. Absolutely. Got it. Um, so you've uh, you've mentioned many times about the uh, the need to upgrade. Um, upgrade technology and upgrade systems and upgrade our 30-year-old phone lines, etc. Uh, I'm sure many students are asking why. Is it that the transistors themselves are getting bad or that there's, a, there's new technology that we simply can't escape from having to upgrade to? Uh, what is the direct need of having to upgrade our current um, hardware? Well, in terms, of, in, the, in terms of the phone system, the transistors are mm -hmm. going bad. I mean, it's that old. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm oversimplifying, but that equipment is old enough that it's, it actually uh, is problematic. We have a couple of extremely skilled technicians on our staff that are the only reason that phone system is as reliable as it is. So um, when they eventually retire, we're going to have a real problem, um, which is why we need to bring the technology in, into the current set. The, the problem is a little bit less obvious, I suppose, with uh, instructional computing labs and classrooms and whatnot, where uh, a three-year-old computer works as well three years into its life as it did the day you bought it. Mm -hmm. But what happens is that, first, first of all, over time it becomes less reliable, and so you have more failures, more equipment needs to be bro uh, replaced. But you also have um, um, the, 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 the phenomena of uh, the world moves on and the hardware doesn't. So uh, you have three-year-old hardware, but you have modern software packages that, that are expecting the hardware to have grown. And so you're not able to keep up unless, unless you move on with it. 
Um, you, you also have the fact that a projector that we bought seven years ago is far less capable than a projector we buy today and far less reliable. So um, if, you, if you just keep using the old stuff, you, you don't have the benefit of, of the new functionality, new features. Projectors, for example, are, are much higher resolution now than they used to be. The, they're brighter, they're, they're clearer, uh, much better for you know, disciplines like our history and other places where you're projecting on the screen. Um, and, and the same general principle applies pretty much throughout all, all the technology we have here. Mm -hmm. So what kind of future will we be facing without this fee? What kind of direct impact would students, undergraduate students, um, see on their IT experience uh, without a fee like this? Well, you'd have, uh, fortunately, this is speculation. We're not, we're not going there. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you'd have... Uh, growing occurrences of failures in classrooms where the instructors would not be able to rely on the technology, they would not be able to use projectors because they start going bad quicker and our ability to, to repair them would be limited. You would uh, have instructional computing labs that have to stay on, um, on uh, win uh, Windows XP and can't be migrated to new operating systems, so you cannot have the latest version of of, uh, of uh, MATLAB or other scientific software on it. Um, um, you would not have, uh, um, we would not be able to increase, uh, meet the increased demand for wireless networking uh, and on and on. So it, mm -hmm. it'd be something where it's not like everything would break overnight. It would just be a slowly uh, spiraling situation where things would get uh, worse and worse. Mm -hmm. So I did the math uh, earlier today of how much money this, uh, the e-tech fee will likely be raising, and uh, it's about $3.3 from the tw uh, roughly 20,000 undergraduate students, but of course 30%, 33% goes to uh, scholarships, and so you're left over with uh, about two, $2.4, $2.2 Is that a correct estimate for how much extra money uh, this will be raising for OIT? The uh, the correct number is about three million even. Three million even. Okay. Uh, I, I was was I correct in that thirty percent of this fee will also go to scholarship no. funds? No. Okay. That I think that's just in that case, um, student voted on funds. So three million even. There you go. Um, I'm uh, I'm reading this from the eTech website, and there's an eTech.uci.edu webpage that. Uh, that lists some of the benefits we might expect to see because of the e-tech fee. And there's something that I'm just confused about, is that, is that all of these new benefits seem like they will cost quite a bit of money. And um, my, con my confusion is in the, um, the, the fact that they advertised new services and at the same time the advertised threats that we face if we don't upgrade. Three million doesn't necessarily seem like enough to provide these new services and at the same time to safeguard against the potential threats uh, of upgrading um, old software and old hardware and uh, these kind of non-sexy um, improvements that need to be made. At the same time, etech.uci.edu is currently taking a software, uh, I'm sorry, a, um, is, is currently holding a poll for what kind of new improvements to OIT students want to see. And I'm sure very few of them are, are for, you know, are, are asking for non-sexy things like, you know, improve routers, <laughs> upgrade routers. So, 
at the same time, that seems to be the biggest worry, that, that these kind of non-sexy issues that OIT might be facing are the reason we're, holding, we're, we're, we're asking for an e-tech fee and we're, and we're collecting a new e-tech fee. So will we realistically see some of these advertised improvements or are they kind of there to advertise it to students because it's hard to advertise, we're going to upgrade routers or we're going to upgrade router firmware? <laughs> right. Well, of course, the fee isn't for routers. Mm -hmm. um, that's 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 not part of the educational technology fee. But I understand your I understand your point. Um, the funding is sufficient, but it's only sufficient with proper prioritization of spending. So um, there are a lot of ideas that are being kicked around in terms of new things you might do, and we're going to be considering them carefully. Uh, as, uh, with the uh, Educational Technology Initiative Advisory Committee. Um, that's, that's why that group exists, is to help prioritize things. We're not going to be able to do everything that we, that we want to do. In fact, but, uh, but we're going to be able to do, uh, with, with many of these things, it's, it's a matter of degree. You know, if we wanted to uh, plaster the campus with power plugs, then mm -hmm. that would be ridiculously expensive, but we're not going to do that. We're going to put them in, in key places that, that, where they'll benefit students. And the same thing with wireless or or some of those other things that are being suggested. So yes, we will be able to do them. There is a question about the quantity and, and how much, but um, we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be able to address it. So um, I wanted to interrupt you to say that uh, in, for about 10 minutes, I should be having Reza Zomorodian, who is uh, a student representative on the eTech Advisory Committee, also coming in to talk to us about the fee after, after this interview is, is over. But um, uh, I just wanted to list some of the, some of the benefits that are, that, that are on the website, which include virtual computer labs, classroom course capture, expanded classroom tech, expanded wireless coverage, more power outlets, increased online instruction. Will all those realistically, um, will, will those benefits, will, will students actually see those benefits in the next, uh, in the next few years? I think of the ones you listed, uh, the one that I'm uh, least sure of is uh, uh, virtual computer lab. Mm -hmm. Not because we couldn't do it, because we haven't decided exactly where it fits in the priorities. We're, we're, we've got a proposal, we're considering it in the committee, um, it, it, um, it's not clear. But, but the rest of those things, people will see a difference. Mm -hmm. For example, later this quarter, we're going to go ahead and get started with, with improving wireless in the student center. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, one of the things that we've heard from students as, as we've made the rounds is they don't want to contribute to something and then uh, the upgrades come three years later. They like to see the upgrades as soon as possible. So we're, we're bent on um, starting these enhancements this year. But it is true, the thing that may not be as obvious to students, which is far more important, is the maintenance activities that I mentioned earlier, and that's happening as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm quite disappointed about the virtual computer labs, because uh, when I had filled out the eTech survey, something that I uh, included on there is to be able to have access to more... Uh, more software and download more software to my computer. And I know my friends at UCLA are able to download even Windows 7, MATLAB, Mathematica free of charge to their own computers. And for software that they're unable to download, they have uh, virtual computer labs that they remote desktop into a classroom, in, into a computer in a, in a computer lab on campus and are able to use software that way. So it does seem slightly disappointing that, that um, this, is, this is something that might not happen. 
Um, well, it, it, you know, it might not happen, but it may. And by the way, people should get on etech.ucid.edu and mm-hmm. fill in the survey and let us know what they think. We've got about 1,600 responses so far. Mm-hmm. Closes on Monday. Uh, now is the time for people to get in their two cents. I should mention also that UCLA has a similar fee. Mm-hmm. It is $8 a unit. So it's uh, twice as much and, as our fee. And it was imp- implemented in 1997. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was $6 a unit for most of that time. It just went up to $8 a unit this uh this quarter, and that, that includes more than just lecture classes. Our, our fee is for lecture classes. Mm-hmm. So let me repeat that, actually. Uh, the website is etech, E-T-E-C-H dot U-C-I dot E-D-U, and there's a survey. You can win an iPad for it, and uh, that collects student opinions on how they would like to see the etech used and what parts of IIT they see as uh, possibly deficient and what parts they see as, uh, as strong. And uh, you can, like, um, like Dana Root said, you can... Give your two cents for, for how you'd like this, this fee to be used. Um, we're almost out of time for, for this interview. Uh, let me conclude by kind of uh, saying that I really see what, what OIT does is as extremely essential to the function of, of the university environment. The fact that we can log on, go online, um, have these great services like student, like um, uh, Portal and Triple uh, E, and the fact that um, students just take it for granted. And I... It, 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 it reminds me of, uh, of um, flushing your toilet in the morning, that, that you don't necessarily are. You are necessarily well, well, thanks, thankful. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, it's, it's the most important function. I mean, you aren't necessarily thankful the fact that for, for your, for when, when your toilet flushes, but you're extremely concerned when, when, when mm-hmm. it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. so, A lot of magic behind the curtain. <laughs> so thank you so much for your, for your, your help to the campus, and um, thank you for coming on the show and explaining to us the, the nature of the e-tech fee and the challenges behind running an an IT infrastructure this large. So thank you again. Uh, You bet. It's been great being here. Okay. uh, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, I think we're going to have Reza Zomorodian, and and he'll be talking to us about the eTech Advisory Committee. So thank you for tuning in, and uh, stay tuned and stay with us through the break. Thank you. Are you a video gamer looking to give back? Donate Games can help. Send in your used video games to the Donate Games online store, where games are resold to help fund research for orphan diseases afflicting children around the world. Donate Games save lives. It's that easy. To play your part, visit www.donategames.org. The Claire Trevor School of the Arts has many dance, drama, music, and studio arts performances throughout the school year on the campus of UC Irvine. Events range from student ensembles to master classes given by professionals throughout the year that are open to the public. For more information on events and ticket prices, visit www.arts.uci.edu. This is Richard Casa telling you young people to wake up. You can't dream your way into college. There are actual steps you need to take. Steps that go beyond just getting good grades and staying out of trouble. Truth is, there's stuff you could be doing as early as seventh grade to start preparing. So if you're really serious about college, just visit knowhowtogo.org. It spells out everything you need. That's knowhow, letter two, go.org today. This message brought to you by the American Council on Education, 
Lumina Foundation, the Ad Council, and KUCI. Center is Orange County's premier art house cinema, screening new, independent, experimental, and groundbreaking films and videos. With the capacity for 35mm, 16mm, and video projection, along with state-of-the-art surround sound, the Film and Video Center provides Orange County and surrounding communities with a -a one-of-a-kind movie-going experience, showcasing quality original works unavailable elsewhere. That's the UCI Film and Video Center in the Lucille Kuhn Auditorium, located in room 100 of the Humanities Instructional Building on the UC Irvine campus. For more information, log on to uci.edu and click on Film and Video Center. Tummy feel warm. Well, that was an awesome public service announcement, wasn't it? Eat, eat breakfast. Uh, so I have to uh, give a quick apology to listeners. Apparently, Reza Zomorodian got lost on his way to the studio. So uh, instead, actually, I'm going to have uh, the last guest uh, switch up. Uh, uh, scheduling in, uh, during the show. So instead, right now, I'm going to have uh, Hansori, which is actually the Korean drumming club on campus here at, at UC Irvine. And uh, they're going to play uh, and perform a piece. Uh, and afterwards, we're going to have a short interview with them and just chat about how the club got started and what the kinds of things they do on campus. So I think they're a phenomenal group on campus, and uh, you guys are really going to enjoy this. So you guys are on. Thank you. 
Well, that was, uh, that was wonderful. <laughs> um, so a couple of people are going to join me here in the studio, and we're going to have a, have a short chat. So come on, guys. Uh, you, uh, you, you can grab a seat there. So, Erica, are you the, the president of the club? Oh, yes. Uh, so, oh, and, and who's the other person in, in the studio? With, what's your name? Oh, hi. I'm Grace, and I'm one of the Tango players. So, um, how, how did the club get, uh, get started? How, how old is the club? Uh, it's our 10th anniversary this year. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just um, a lot of people who got inspired by UCLA group. Mm -hmm. There's another UCLA group that is, uh, that is probably um, exactly same as uh -huh. UCI1. Uh, and they've been doing this for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. And then I guess people were like, UCLA has one, why don't we make one? <laughs> why did you decide to join? Uh, I was always interested in like traditional Korean instruments, mm -hmm. uh, not just like what we do, not just drumming, but like, um, uh, like pipe instruments and a lot of other stuff. So uh, as soon as I thought them, I was like, oh, I want to join. Mm -hmm. So uh, I joined last year. Mm -hmm. And then... Did you have any formal training before you joined? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, -huh. uh The old, old members all taught me, and mm -hmm. yeah, they're great teachers. Is that how it works normally? Do, do most uh, of the new members uh, uh, who, who join the club have any kind of experience, or are they mostly taught by, by other members? Oh, uh, they're mostly taught by other members. Um, some of them have um, some type of experience, but most of our members who join has no prior experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, th what about the, the, the drums? Uh, do all the individual players buy them themselves, or is that something that the club has and uh, gets donated? Uh, club has them. Uh, we've been, we always have them. Mm -hmm. So I guess 10 years ago when this club got started, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. they bought it, and then it just got handed down. Mm -hmm. how, many, uh, how many people are there in the club total? I know uh, today there were seven performers here. And mm -hmm. uh, how many uh, total members do you guys have? Uh, we have about 20 members mm -hmm. uh, right now. And, yeah, those people that you saw perform are, like, half of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, how do you... Uh, Grace, why did you join the club? Um, same reason as Erica, really. Uh, I was really interested in the whole Korean traditional thing, and mm -hmm. um, wait, I'm a big fan of percussion instruments myself, so um, I thought I'd give it a try, and, well, here I am. Mm -hmm. um, this, there's actually one more drumming club on, on campus, uh, a Japanese two. one. There's, there, there's two more. And a Hawaiian one. And a Hawaiian one. Interesting. And, uh, Actually, there's a third one if you count the lion dance group. Uh-huh. Are you guys in any kind of competition with them? <laughs> uh, no, not really. Not really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's uh, one of the members who's actually in uh, Japanese drumming, which is Jodaiko, and our club. So, I mean, like, we do not have any rivalry whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you guys normally perform? Uh, and, uh, and, how, and how often do you train? Oh, we rehearse twice a week for two hours per rehearsal, um, so four hours a week. And we get performance requests from everywhere. I mean, um, a few months ago, we performed in Flirton, I believe. And just just a few weeks ago, we were in Korean, Koreatown mm -hmm. in L.A. And it was a really big, really big um, event which they do every year. It's an annual thing. Uh, and we, we cooperate with UCLA group. Mm -hmm. So it was a combined experience, and it was really nice. That's wonderful. Uh, what's the best way for students to get to see you live? Mm, invite us. <laughs> <laughs> I see. 
That's wonderful. Um, oh, and uh, what's the best way for people to get to know more about your club? Is there a website or a Facebook page? Oh, there is a Facebook fan page. If you type in UCI Hansori, mm -hmm. then you can find us there. Uh, also, if you just email us, hansori at gmail.com. So there you go. Uh, UCI Hansori on, on Facebook and hansori at gmail.com. And uh, can any students who are, who are interested in, in maybe joining your club, what's the best way for them to, uh, to, to learn more about it? Maybe come to one of your trainings yeah. or oh, rehearsals? Yeah, yes. yes, I'll just email us and then we'll send you uh, where to go, when, what mm -hmm. time. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's, been, it's been excellent having you. So uh, I'm almost out of time. Um, I'm going to play one. Actually, do you guys have uh, any other... Uh, Anything else you guys can perform for? Because I had a guest, uh, as, as, as you know, Reza, who uh, slightly didn't show up. But uh, uh, is there any other piece you guys can do by any chance? You want to just like, play through rhythms? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. There's okay. always something that we could play. Yeah, we'll play yeah that, would be, that would be excellent. Uh, I'll give you guys about uh, one or two minutes to, to set up, and then, uh, and then you guys can, uh, can end the show with, with one last piece. Okay. That would be excellent. Okay, thank you. <laughs> UC Irvine Health serves the Orange County community by providing its only school of medicine and its only university medical center. I'm Dr. Ralph Clayman, Dean of the UC Irvine School of Medicine. Our 500 plus UC Irvine physicians include more than 90 doctors in 15 disciplines who have been honored by their fellow physicians across the nation by being selected as best doctors in America. Our faculty provide advanced medical care and conduct groundbreaking clinical research both at Gottschalk Medical Plaza in Irvine and at UC Irvine Medical Center in Orange, the number one rated hospital in Orange County by US News and World Report. At UC Irvine Health, our mission is discover, teach, heal. For more, please listen to one of our outstanding physicians in the following UC Irvine Medical Moment. Did you know that on average, every 40 seconds, someone in the U.S. has a stroke? It's the third leading cause of death and the leading cause of serious long-term disability for Americans. I'm Dr. Vivek Jain, a neurologist and medical director of UC Irvine Healthcare's Stroke and Cerebrovascular Center. A stroke is a sudden interruption of blood supply to the brain caused by either a clot in an artery or a hemorrhage in the brain. Remember these symptoms. A sudden numbness of the face, arm, or leg sudden trouble speaking, seeing, or walking, sudden confusion or loss of balance, or a severe headache. The symptoms depend on how severely and where the brain is affected. So people may have different symptoms, and they could come and pass, or the symptoms can persist. But make no mistake, without blood, your brain cells are dying at an estimated rate of 2 million brain cells per minute. What's important to know is, the faster you receive treatment for a stroke, the better your chances are not only for surviving, but also doing so with minimal disability. If you or someone you know experiences any of these symptoms, call 911. Don't wait. This is a medical emergency. Time is everything with stroke. Research shows that rapid treatment with clot-busting drugs or emergency surgery makes a huge difference in a patient's recovery. And thanks to UC Irvine's leadership, Orange County now has a pre-hospital system and a network of hospitals that serve as a designated stroke neurology receiving centers a concept similar to trauma centers designed to quickly get stroke patients to the best hospitals for the best treatments. 
Strokes can occur at any age, but most happen in people 65 or older. High blood pressure is the most important risk factor. So remember, keep your blood pressure and cholesterol in check, don't smoke, stay active, and eat healthy. Because the best way to treat stroke is to prevent one from happening in the first place. At UC Irvine Health, tomorrow's health care happens today. Thank you for listening to this UC Irvine Medical Moment. For more information, please visit ucihealth.com or call toll-free 877-824-3627 or 877-UCI-DOCS. We are here for you. So Hansori is going to play one more, uh, one more uh, song for us, and uh, after that, uh, you guys can stay tuned to the chat room. And uh, there you go, Hansori, you guys are on. Okay, and uh, once again, you were listening to Countdown UCI, and uh, next on on the next show, actually on uh, next Friday, February twenty fourth, I have Stacy Murin, who is the who is the director of the UC Irvine Student Center, who have um, about two hundred thousand events there every year are held in the UCI Student Center, so it's a huge enterprise on campus, and uh, she's actually the new interim director of the UC Irvine Bookstore, and she's going to be in the studio talking to us about the what it's like to run two such large operations on campus. And actually, one more reason to tune in next week is that I'm giving away a uh, volleyball signed by the entire UC Irvine volleyball team and the coach, which is uh, actually pretty awesome. They're, they're a number one ranked team in the U.S., in, uh, in uh, number one ranked volleyball team. And uh, I'm giving away a volleyball signed by the entire team and the coach. So tune in next week to, hear, to find out how to win that. And thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for the chat room. Thank you.